This week's season finale recap of Curb Your Enthusiasm is sponsored by True Car. You know, when you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of times that isn't the case. People can configure a car online only to later find out that that car is not available. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory, not just pricing offered by True Car, pricing from the actual dealer and not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. It's a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. With True Car, you'll easily find the car that you want, and then they're going to show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. You'll know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. With over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide, you'll get to work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact, and also True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying price process when they connect with True Car certified dealers. Best of all, True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. You could pay for like two and a half days of Nick Offerman to go to paintball with you when you're ready to buy. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9 is over, but we're just getting started here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap, a podcast about something. And now, here are the two guys who pine for separate bedrooms like the hit king. I'm Rob Sisterino. Here's Akiva Winnegar. Keith, how are you? Yeah. No, we are We are very openly, and for many years, we've both been pro two bedrooms. Yes. So. Nothing wrong Larry with that. Larry says... Larry says that the key to uh, a happy marriage is separate bathrooms, and I think that's that's definitely true also. But mm-hmm. I think separate bedrooms and separate bathrooms, that's really the way to go. That is the way to go. Keeve, here we are, and uh, boy, what a crossroads uh, we are at. This is the last of the Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes. We don't know what the future holds for Curb Your Enthusiasm, and we don't know what the future holds for us. Yeah, the, the, at the end of this podcast, it's going to be the Bugs Bunny thing where, like, you just see us a little less, a little less until it fades in. <laughs> yeah, you and I have been podcasting weekly since June of 2014. And then other than that week that you were in Mexico, then uh, next week is going to be the first week we don't have anything on the books. That's right. The, when you say the week you were in Mexico, that makes it sound like I was in jail for like a DUI or something. <laughs> yeah, like the that. week. No, you were in... Uh, Cancun. Cancun. I was going to come up with a, a so. different charge. Been a while. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Keith, can you believe it? That this is it? No, it's crazy. If, you know, it, it's been so long that it didn't even occur to me, like, that it would really end. I figured the, the podcast might end, but not like we wouldn't actually finish everything we set out to do first. Right. And this is not to say that we are not going to be podcasting again together on anything. I mean, you, so you, 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 some people might say that you could say that, but that's not what we're saying. No, we're not saying that. We're not not saying that either, though. Right. Who knows what the future holds in terms of a show or an opportunity or a project to work together again. But I just wanted to, you know, mark the historic trip around uh, the Curb Enthusiasm season finale we're about to take. 
Yeah. Do we have to like split up or or like stuff and our assets right now? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's necessary. Should I send my mic back? No, you keep it. You keep it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what the future holds and maybe we'll get uh, more into that towards the end of the episode. But it's the end of a Curb Your Enthusiasm season, Keeve, and it was a supersized episode. A 51 minute runtime for this finale? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the longest or maybe similarly, the uh, producers season finale, season four, uh, was also was similarly long. But yeah, the longest or the second longest episode in the history of the show. Yeah. And I had seen Alan Sepinwall and Dan Feinberg tweeting about this before we got into this episode. Yeah. The 51 minute fatwa, which had everything that we were expecting. Sammy's wedding. Uh, we also got to see fatwa, the musical as well. So uh, they jammed it all in here. Yeah, there was uh, we basically called this finale for the most part in the second or third episode of the season. Um, it, not that we knew like the beat by beat, but we knew it would end with the musical and with the wedding. And that's exactly what happened. OK, well, I don't want to spoil any of our opinions about this uh, 51 minute finale, Keeve. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the episode or the season before we dive into this? Um, I, I can give you a not a full season's ranking, oh. but I, w- I will say at the end of the episode, if this is my least favorite season or my favorite or somewhere in between, uh, I will, you know, I'll rank at least season nine uh, and then maybe we could sort of uh, rank. Not, we don't have to rank all 10 episodes, but we could say what maybe the best and the worst episode of the season. Yeah, I would really have a hard time unless, you know, you wrote down what the episode rankings were throughout the season. I would have a hard no, time. No, I didn't. And also, like some of the titles are pretty self-explanatory like uh, the accidental text on purpose okay we could remember what that was but probably two or three episodes we'd have to sort of we need a reminder of what was actually in the episode before we could even re-rank it now okay all right well the episode opens up with a pretty impressive musical number keeve of fatwa the musical which i have to say it seemed like such an asinine idea when larry first mentioned it in the premiere but it feels like that this could work I will say having like Lin-Manuel Miranda just in a musical where you actually see two of the songs, it's a pretty big undertaking. Mm -hmm. Like you have to give them a lot of props, whether you love this episode or hated it. Like you have to give the show a lot of props for, you know, like pulling something like this off. Like, I I don't know who wrote the musical. Uh, I was reading an uh, interview last week with the executive producer, Jeff Schaefer, where he was talking about, you know, Lin in in the scenes in the office where Lin is sort of like uh, discussing what should be in the musical, which was last week. Right. Right. Um, he, you know, he, uh, they, they had it a basic script, but he like, uh, the verses are going to be satanic. That was his line. Um, he had, he had a few lines in there that were like totally improv and, and the freestyle was totally improv. So I don't know that I assume the musical was such a big production that I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it was Larry or the whole team. I don't think it was lit. Yeah. So I had read an article right before we came on and uh, with one of the uh, producers. I'm not sure which outlet had it. I'm trying to see if I can uh, uh, dig it up right now. I think it was Entertainment Weekly. And they were talking to uh, one of the producers and uh, one of the people that uh, worked on La La Land uh, had been working on Curb Enthusiasm. And I think that Lin-Manuel Miranda did have input on the music and the songs that were going to be in this finale. So they had a lot of people working on. It. I do think that Larry did have some input as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I just don't know, like, you know, who has the who has the musical chops because this is like a real 
a real song and, and a whole production from a musical. And also, I didn't realize like that they were actually they actually had to go to a Hamilton play uh, and shoot some of the scenes there. Like a lot more went into these two episodes than maybe, you know, you you just appreciate from if you're just watching the episode to left. Like this, these were a huge production. Lynn obviously is very busy last week. They only had him for one day. So everything last week was one day. And then they had to like reshoot these towards the end in June. All of these scenes and they hadn't even asked, they said, for permission to go back and film Hamilton because they thought that was like a huge undertaking. So they didn't even ask permission to go film mm-hmm. Hamilton until they already had a scenes. Plus, they had already written the show before they even asked him, which is a weird Hollywood thing. Like you just throw it all out if he says no. So because there's not like a second. It's not like, oh, we're going to get Tom Cruise and if we can't get Tom Cruise. We'll ask like Clooney. Like there's no second place. Right. You know, there's no one else who'd be relevant like Lin-Manuel Miranda who they, that you could have pulled this off or people would have cared. Right. At least not a Broadway star would have had to be a real Hollywood person. Yeah. Who would it have been? I mean, at that point, you just have to say an A-list actor. You have to say like Brad Pitt, you know, like just. Yeah. Could you have said you, you have Lin-Manuel Miranda and not had him in it? Or did they kind of know, I, like, did Larry meet him at a party and Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, oh, I love Curb. Like, I would love to work with you. And they wrote the well, thing. I think but- he does love Curb. I think they got lucky that he was a Curb fan. Right. I so- mean, they could have got really unlucky because, honestly, one of the names that popped in my head that, like, if you're just getting a Hollywood star, maybe someone who has Broadway experience, they could have ended up asking Kevin Spacey, honestly. So they got really lucky. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we don't, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Right. They would have to re- reshoot the whole season where he's dead. Yeah. And then uh, Larry would be a hero. It would be cool. Or, or like just sub in Christopher Plummer for all his scenes. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Let's get out of this. Let's let's get out. Of this. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, Keeve, the music is all working. Larry's watching the show. Uh, we see F. Murray Abraham uh, has been cast. The F is for effing awesome. Oh, that was this. That was the other line I was trying to come up with that that uh, Lynn improv that last week. Yeah. So everything is good. And Larry is even giving F. Murray Abraham some advice about how the Ayatollah denunciates with an index finger, not with a fist. Everything is good. Uh, Larry is uh, talking with we have a new character. Uh, Ron Swanson uh, has made an appearance on the show. Nick Swords, Nick Offerman. Yes. Uh, Cody Goodsher, I think, is his name in the show. Yeah. Uh, boy, uh, Nick Offerman looked re- really old from his Ron Swanson heyday. You think so? I mean, what has it been? Three years, four years? Yeah. I mean, he was a re- the thing about Offerman is he got famous really late. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he like he had to sit through his wife being famous for many years. Like he was not he was just like a working actor who was not a famous person until until Park. So he's been around the block a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's disappointing because you sort of know him as like a legendary character. And then, you know, I thought that he wasn't super funny here in this episode. Well, he's a straight man. He's totally a straight man. here. Yeah. So like, I kept waiting for. Oh, OK. All right. Here comes uh, Nick Offerman. Well, it's weird because I'm sure he also doesn't want to be Ron Swanson. Mm -hmm. So now, like, the only way to not be Ron Swanson is just to be, uh, you know, is just to be like the the normal straight guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Anyway, so Larry is going to uh, suggest paintball for the crew. This seems so out of character. For Larry Larry does like eight things in this episode that are out of character. I mean, accepting the the guests. Out of character. There's so many, you know. But he was like put out by that, you know, that he felt like he was like, okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda is asking me a big favor. Let me, uh, you know, I can almost, I could see that more than, hey, I've got an idea. How about paintball? 
Yeah. It, it, like, how does he even know that pimple exists? It's And like, by the way, it's fine if he wants to pay for it just to like uh, prop up the crew. But why does he have to come? Like, I'm sure they're happy playing without a 70 year old man. Right. I mean, I could even see like, oh, laser tag or something like that. But I mean, it's outside. It's shooting projectiles. It's paint. It's messy. I mean, there's like uh, I would hate paintball. Have you ever played paintball? I did one time in college that there was like a fraternity outing to go play paintball. And I hated it. You know what? The problem with for me isn't the paintball. It's like it has to be in this big, like open woodsy place. And then you're just like stuck in the middle of this woodsy nowhere place for the whole day. Yeah. And uh, you're in this place. And for whatever reason that at a paintball game, everybody thinks it's hilarious. Hey, let's shoot Rob with the paintballs. Um, why do they? Why do you think? Because you're the most miserable person there. Yeah, like, why are they just shooting say, oh, you? It would be funny to shoot him. Yeah, I, I, I like and then when you're out, you just like, what do you do until the game is over? It could be like 20 minutes, a half hour, like. You're just you're just on the sidelines right. watching paintball, which right. isn't a great spectator sport. Yeah. Did paintball uh, have a heyday? Is paintball on the way down, Keeve? I, I do think it's on the way down. I think anything, any outdoor activity is a little bit on the way down. Any? Because phone, I feel like millennials most outdoor activities, did not take to the paintball. Millennials don't even go to concerts. So why would they play paintball? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're too busy. You know what killed paintball? Uh, all what? of this sort of like, uh, you know, Xbox uh, Call of Duty. I am surprised there's no like great Xbox paintball game though. Hmm. No. Well, what do you need paintball on? On you know, you just want to like uh, kill some people on on the right. Video I guess game. why? Would, right. Right. I guess you could actually kill people. Yeah. You got kill all these kids. What do they have to go like be in a field and they put on their headset and be like, okay, cover me. I'm going in. Okay. All right. You know, they they don't need uh, yeah. paintball for that. You know, another problem is like it just needs such big fields. It's an expensive sport. It's like it's like a poor man golf. You know. Hmm. We need so much space to play. Poor man's golf. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to get by those paintballs. Got to buy the paintballs. Then you have the guys who bring their own guns. And like those, the you know, like you can't compete with those guys. The guys who bring their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we see uh, we go into wardrobe and Lin-Manuel Miranda is pretty horrible to the wardrobe guy. And this doesn't really pay off in the episode other than that the wardrobe guy is going to uh, hand Larry the gun for the duel. Right. They almost needed like, all right, we need one person who's on Larry's side. So then they had like shoehorn this scene in. I agree. Yeah. So Lin-Manuel Miranda has some cousins that he wants to stay at Larry's house. They're not hotel people. They want to stay at Larry's house. I mean, it's such a big ask. Why can't Larry be like, uh, I'll pay for their Airbnb or something? Like, it's just, it's such a big ask. I know that, like, he doesn't want to upset Lynn right now, but man. Right, right. I mean, yeah, how much would it be to Airbnb a house for them for a couple of days? I mean, that's... What would you do yeah, if, this, let's say you're, like, working on a huge project, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, like, Jeff Probst calls you up and he's like, my cousins don't do hotels. Well, can they stay in your in your second bedroom or your guest bedroom for... Uh, Sure. You know, I would do it. And you hate having people in your house, right? Right. Right. So it's interesting. So I I, I think you're onto something here because we've talked so much about like that. There's so many things that with Larry's sort of infinite wealth that these problems could just be solved uh, very easily by Larry if he was going to throw money around. Um, But I guess the show has that, you know, he's really, really cheap. 
about uh, everything. And even though he, you know, has all of this wealth, whereas, you know, uh, in the pre-divorce seasons where he was with Cheryl, you know, you were able to have more ramifications of that. Okay, well, my my wife is going to be mad if this happens or that Cheryl, he didn't want to make Cheryl upset with him. And so there were maybe some more stakes there other than like, oh, Larry is going to be out a couple hundred dollars here. I think in general, anything that Larry does, like having Cheryl there as like a normalizer and making him act like a human being that like does raise the stakes for like this is realistic versus not having Cheryl there. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, like it works here. I think just with almost anything like I, I, I you almost like if I could redo anything from the season, I almost wish they could have like we clearly had no Cheryl like she was not available. Cheryl and 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 Ted Danson barely, you know, have barely have a part here. And then now you we look back and you think like, well, what was their storyline this season after like, oh, they're dating in that one episode. Right. Mm-hmm. In the pickle gambit. Yeah. Like, they didn't have a storyline that needed to be tied up in this episode. They barely speak. Yeah. And so the interview with Entertainment Weekly that I was talking about before uh, was uh, Dan Snyerson ended up talking with Jeff Schaefer. And he talked about how that they wanted to do more stuff with uh, Cheryl and Ted Danson, but they just never got around to it. They had too much other stuff going on. Maybe in season 10. I think that's a mistake. I think that should have Which been part? at the top of there. Uh, that to if if it's if it's not on Cheryl and Ted Danson if they just didn't have a bit for them that to me that's like that should have been very high on the totem pole like you know it's like having him date like having his ex-wife date his good famous friend is really interesting and I feel like they should have at least got one episode where they were sort of the center of it I think they fell under the Hamilton spell I think they felt like oh my god we could get Lin-Manuel Miranda and they just uh they chased him they said, well, we'll make the whole season about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. Like, if they said, hey, we could get Miranda for two episodes, we're going to write a musical on paper. That sounds incredible. And by the way, the musical parts were really good. That's so incredible. Like- but that. Okay, can I can I get this? I mean, this is going to be a hot take. People are going to get mad. No, no, go for it. Lin-Manuel Miranda is not funny. Well, well listen, he's it's weird because Lin-Manuel Miranda is like the only positive person on Twitter. He's insanely talented. Yes. But his talents are not comedy. Or at least he's certainly not in the league of Larry David when it comes to comedy. So we built and built and built to get to, you know, and it's great. Oh, it's dazzling the musical performances that uh, there is no question. But in terms of a comedic foil, for Larry David, Lin-Manuel Miranda is not that. I mean, go back. We watched the season finale from last season of Michael J. Fox as a comedic foil for Larry David. And it was hilarious. No, it's a great point. I mean, it's funny because he's such a LMM. He's such a big comedy fan. Like he sends in voicemails to Comedy Bang Bang. Like he's he's a big comedy fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he's it's maybe not his and maybe just not experienced enough. Like maybe he'll get more chops. It's also weird because. He's playing against type, right? Like he's this super nice guy and his character is a real a-hole in, in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like unclear. He's a, when him and Larry have a disagreement, like he is wronging Larry every single time. Yeah. Except when Larry, you know, shoots him in the mouth of the paintball. But that was an accident. Well, until the end. Yeah. Right. yeah, Until the end. But even then, like he or he asked for the duel. Right. 
So I feel like that the we spent so much of this time and then building to, you know, Fatwa, the musical, ultimately. And then uh, that's I think that's how we get into this predicament. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, we have Lin-Manuel Miranda's relatives coming to stay with Larry. He says, what the hell? Uh, And then Lin-Manuel Miranda does not give a good thank you. It was like he passed him the ketchup. It was not uh, commensurate with the gesture. Yeah. Do you think you're a good thank youer? I do. I really do. I feel like my whole life I was bad. And now I'm just trying to like get a lot of times I'm in space, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like someone's talking to me and I'm not paying attention. Yeah. So, so I feel like I've been a bad thank you person my whole life, and now I sort of have to fix it. Now, maybe people are listening and like, look, Rob is not that great at a thank you, but I feel like, or they're like, or maybe now it's like, this is my apology. This is my sorry mm-hmm. for not being a good thank you person. <laughs> if anyone out there is listening and like, oh, Kiva did not appreciate, but like, no one, no one's done anything for me, so there's no one out there to appreciate. Yeah. Okay. So. We go to the restaurant and we're waiting for Funkhauser. Nobody can sit down. The sh- the restaurant won't seat them without Funkhauser. So they they see somebody who is waiting to uh g- to be seated. And so uh here's Casey Wilson, uh former SNL uh alum and also what was she on Happy Endings? Happy Endings, yeah. yeah. Former Happy Endings. Or, yeah, and so uh, she comes in. She is a stand-in, and uh, that, that they're going to use her as, ironically enough, or coincidentally enough, as a stand-in for Funkhauser. Yeah, it's a funny idea. I mean, I don't know how often you go in groups, or maybe even you go out to your wife, but you travel separately. Like this just happened to me when I was home. My parents wanted to go to a trendy restaurant. It was you that you couldn't even get a normal reservation. We could only go at like six because it was you know there was it was so crowded, and even at six they wouldn't seat you until everyone was there but then also like you know that they have the reservations coming in for everyone at 6 30 and 7 7 30 like so it's gonna be a problem and no one in my party was there we came in five separate cars mm-hmm. and um no one was there and like they're you know seating people before us they won't let us sit down we're six people so we're two we're three four five they still won't seat us and so i could have used to like you know make like make up a couple family members and uh buy them a drink to pretend to be with us for a few minutes mm-hmm let me ask you, did you feel like that the idea of, hey, let me just bring a person from the bar and have them sit with us. Isn't this the same idea as the carpool lane yeah, hooker? It's the exact yeah. same thing. It's like a throwback to that. Mm-hmm. OK, so <laughs> then that, that was so you liked it. I, li- I mean, listen, yeah, it's a little bit derivative, but it's it's sort of practical enough in the real world that I like it. Yeah. And so uh, I did like when she was like giving her card to Larry and saying like, uh, OK, well, you know, call me. And uh, he was like, well, I probably won't. Uh, let's just, you know, I'll take your card. I'll put it in my wallet. But, you know, I'm never going to call you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll so piece, like I don't know how often you get a card. But people hand me cards and then I'll just like find them in a pants pocket two years later. I don't know what the point of a card is anymore. Like I, I the last I respect you less if you give me a card. I think at this point. Yeah, I just don't. It's like uh, okay, well, like I just add me on social media. I, I may have told the story, so I'll be brief. But on in my my wife's community, there was like a whole group of guys that thought they were going to get rich because in like 2003 they came up with, uh, or maybe like 1999. They came up with this great invention, CD business cards. Yeah. 
You, your business card was on a CD. <laughs> like a little CD, like, right? Like a tiny one? No, I think a CD that like uh, you'd actually have to like put into your computer. Uh, I've seen it also where out. it's like, you know, like the tiny one that's like half the size of a CD. Oh, so I never saw them because they had all gone like they had lost all everyone who got into it obviously lost all of their money. But it just it sounds like the, it's like it's it's an, if we were like making like a show set in late, late 90s, early aughts, that would be like a, a good fake example of like a sort of one of these get rich quick schemes when like the, you know, the the bubble burst and like whenever. It was, yeah, I 99. mean, the only practical use, I think, for a business card in 2017 is like if you're at like a trade show and you're meeting like hundreds of people. And, right, you're getting a bunch of people's contact at the same right. time. Right, but it's like if you were at like some sort of like work function, I mean, it's almost like, okay, you know, if, if anybody is worth following up with, like you need to just be able to remember meeting them or, you know, oh, what's your you know, uh, what, what what's your Twitter? Let me follow, let, let me follow you on this or let me text let me tell text you my number like i kind of feel like that that's the transaction that's happening right yeah no for sure not like, that i'm uh, meeting people no i'm not meeting people either but if i was i would certainly would not want any business cards <laughs> yeah I, I remember just like going to things like coming home with like a pile of them like now what do i do yeah i still stumble across them and it's uh it's like uh you know, at this point, if you have a business card, I'm less likely to contact. You. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, uh, I don't even know if I have any in my wallet of your own. Well, your business card, uh, you have a funny business card. I think in an early Seinfeld episode, you uh, yeah. you showed everyone your business. Yeah, cause, well, it was Seinfeld related. But yeah, I don't even think I have uh, a business card uh, like uh, on it or uh, like if I did, it would I'd be embarrassed to give it to somebody because it's like so haggard and bent from being in my wallet for like uh, the last uh, three and a half years. Yeah. So what are you going to do anyway? What part of the episode were we? Funkhauser shows up. Okay. And Funkhauser, uh, he says, hey, I'm sorry. And Larry says that was a bad apology as well. Yeah, Funkhauser does make up for his bad apology later in the episode. At yeah. least. And Larry ends up saying to Funkhauser, you know, if I showed up to a dinner with you and I was 20 minutes late, I would be apologizing like I accidentally killed somebody in your family. And Funkhauser said, you did kill someone in my family. Yeah, a little bit of a faux pas there. <laughs> and Larry just like, sorry. Yeah, this is sort of an underrated funny moment of the episode. I forgot. Yeah, this it was is, your fault. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like everyone's so fine this whole episode. There are no stakes, right? That's one of the big problems. Like <laughs> Funkhauser, like his favorite person in the world, Larry killed him. Like he calls him his best friend later in this episode. He's gonna ruin spoiler the Susie wedding. Susie goes out to eat with him, you know, ostensibly like very soon after the wedding. No, no problems. There's, you know what I mean? He could just go around ruining things with with no stakes. Right. And this is like a, a great illustration of like what we're talking about. Like, you know, the, the, there are like these laugh out loud moments in here. So it, it's, you know, it's hard to say like this was bad, but like sort of like the big picture didn't work. But there are moments of, you know, just uh, greatness throughout the entire series and season. Yeah, particularly. Yeah, no, listen, this is still a show where you laugh out loud every episode, basically. And you can't say that about a lot of comedies on TV, even good comedies. Yeah. So they're going to order a bottle of wine. I, I would have appreciated if uh, Funkhauser would have said, let's live it up. Yes. 
Yeah, and Larry's, <laughs> you know, Larry's living it down at the same time. Yeah, but that, you know, there was no mention of like Funkhouse, like walking out on the check or anything like that uh, from earlier this season with uh, ordering bottles of champagne with Funkhauser. All right, so... Uh, Larry is on the set and everybody is really excited about the paintball game, except for uh, the Nick Offerman character who can't go. He has to go work on something else uh, where he gets his day rate of twelve hundred dollars a day. Keith, can you believe it? I mean, what's his position? Is, is he the director? Um, I don't think he was the director, but I think or he was oh, like the some stage sort of director, like some, I think yeah, said, something right? like that. Something like that. OK. Okay. I don't know what the equivalent of that is on a commercial, but yeah, all right. I mean, if he's one of the high up people on the set, that twelve hundred dollars is not insane, right? Right. <laughs> Look, I don't know. So Larry says, "Okay, I'll. I have to have you there. I'll pay for you to be there. Twelve hundred bucks." Yeah, I mean, just all this is also out of character, right? Like, why does Larry care if Nick Offerman's there, and and like the twelve hundred dollars? Like, what? It, what? At least offer to split it. I know this obviously comes right back, but like, I don't know. Yeah, but if you make that still, offer, yes, say yes. Like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, you want to split the, the twelve hundred dollar loss, and I'll give you six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you say, uh, you know, you take out the taxes. You weren't making much more anyway. Look, and we don't know what his family situation is or anything like that. But again, it's just like one of these things where it's like, why is Larry getting all bent out of shape over you know three or four hundred dollars? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he just feels like he's been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know, it's it's a principle for him. But, you know, it's always going to be something that like big picture wise, uh, this is uh, not going to be a good move for Larry to, you know, try to go back and relitigate this. Yeah, immediate regret. Yeah, but he does give a great thank you, Nick Offerman. Yeah, he's a good thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. OK. Um, F. Murray Abraham uh, has some notes about the harem uh, that uh, they're talking about. Maybe there's too many redheads in the harem. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he notices that Larry had the same pants as yesterday. He's an outfit tracker. Yeah. Now, obviously, I know you're not an outfit tracker, right? Other people's outfits? Yeah. Um, You outfit track? Wow. I I wouldn't say that I'm an outfit tracker, but I feel like I would probably remember if somebody... You know, ended up where I, I mean, that do I have do I have a chart? No, but like I tend to remember like, oh, OK, I've seen that before. I mean, if it's something loud, if it's like, oh, that orange hat you wore that yesterday that I would get, you know, or like that sweater that's noticeable. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like a regular pair of like black or gray pants, that's yeah. that's a pretty impressive. Get. But are you ever have, like, well, what's your opinion on wearing pants two days in a row? Oh, I mean, I've worn the same pants like. 37 days in a row right well but you also work from home mm-hmm. so right i mean same thing here the pair of sweatpants i'm wearing now like uh this is not my first time <laughs> wearing them let's just say right so yeah i mean uh once in a while like i'll wash my jeans but that's about it yeah and are you outfit tracked by anyone would your wife be like hey you wore that you know three times in last no. week no my wife is oblivious to what i'm wearing the only outfit tracking in my life that i can remember other than maybe my wife saying like, all right, you have to change or something like you've been wearing that for too long Mm -hmm. is um, when I was a teacher, I, I like, I showed up the first day at, at I taught in a high school, but then I used to walk to like a junior high school and I taught, I like, so I taught one day in the junior high school, never saw this girl again, like a year and a half later, she's at, she's at my high school as like a sub. And she says, Oh, you wore that outfit. The one day you can't like, how do you, so she remembered a year and a half later, like, 
And it wasn't an outfit. It was probably like a gray polo shirt and black pants. It wasn't exactly uh, reinventing the fashion wheel. But so I was getting outfit tracked. And I've been outfit tracked on the Internet where, you know, I'll like do like a live show at night and then like I go to bed and like I'm wearing the same thing the next day and people will be like, oh, you were wearing those clothes yesterday. Well, just tell them that that was taped. <laughs> like we're, we're actually this is not live right now. Yeah. You could lie about that sometimes and be like, no, 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 that one of those was old and and one, of, you know, this was actually live. Yeah. Uh, so I really love this uh, altercation between Larry. Also, and F- one more thing. Just say, oh, I have 10 of these. That's the, that's the other line. Yeah. Like, oh, I have 10 of the same pants and eight of the same shirt. Like, OK, you end up in sort a of crazed like, fans send me eight of the same shirt. Right. You end up in sort of like a Larry David standoff with somebody uh, when you try yeah. to drop that. But you could do it. Yeah. Go for it. So um, that Larry accuses F. Murray Abraham of being an outfit tracker. And then he goes into, oh, it's like it's 1984. Big Murray is watching you. Big Murray. And Larry just proceeds to call F. Murray Abraham Big Murray. Yeah, for the rest of the episode. Yeah. And uh, it was very, very funny. I really, I really uh, love that uh, fight between Larry and uh, uh, F. Murray Abraham. All right. So Lin-Manuel Miranda has brought in a signer, Keeve. Yes. Uh, and I, signers are very common in other countries. Um, but in the United, like if you if you watch a foreign news channel, chances are in the bottom right corner, there will be a signer. Okay. Now, this is a great signer. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, as uh, you know, is, you know, he's very concerned about making sure that uh, the show is accessible to everybody. He's got a great signer. I'm not sure how he knows her or where she comes highly recommended from, but uh, he feels very good about her. Yeah. And uh, right. It's for it's for deaf people and people who are just big fans of uh, American Sign Language. Mm hmm. And uh, this is when Lin-Manuel Miranda has a little bit of an altercation with the wardrobe guy. He doesn't give uh, a you-know-what if the guy can hear him. Also, Larry gets to meet uh, Valentina and Ernst for the first time. Yeah, Valentina and Ernst, the weird cousins, come by. Ernst's real name is Flula, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Valentina's Tipper. So I, I like they're probably weirder in real life. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure how they got cast. And so uh, they want to know if uh, Wardrobe has anything in turquoise. Yeah, I think my take for them is they should have been cut from the episode. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, we would have just had a neat, like a slightly different reason why they get into the duel at the end. But that's a solvable problem. But I just don't get there's no payoff to them. We don't see them again after they mess up the apartment. It's like they're weird. Are they swingers? The whole like, is he gay thing? None of it pays off. Yeah. Other than Larry besmirches the uh, Manuel Miranda family name. Yes. And the 1970s Reds. He besmirches all of their family situations. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Valentina and Ernst. I mean, it's a funny setup. Uh, I, I will. I will uh, give the show that that, you know, Larry has house guests who are swingers and having some sort of an orgy at Larry's house. OK, Funny setup, but the punchline being that they make a mess then, you know, was I, I right. feel like that we really did not uh, like we had a situation that was, you know, uh, rife with comedic possibility. But ultimately, they broke Larry's remote control. I feel like was not like, you know, the funniest possible outcome. Yeah. And again, like, yeah, well, then, like, maybe we're arguing for more of them and there's no time. 
So really, I'm arguing for less of them. Yeah, I feel like that the biggest missed opportunity there, I feel like that, well, what if you got Leon involved with the... I yeah, mean, it seemed like that, that, well, that's what I'm thinking. If like, you get Leon involved, that's fine. They seemed interested uh, in Leon. Leon seemed mm-hmm. curious as to what was going on. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, and this finale, I feel like was really underserved by, uh, we didn't get a lot of Leon in the finale. No, like it, it, we last see him like cleaning up the house. There's no final tag of leon so yeah if leon was involved that makes much more sense yeah so um that would have been uh you know at least give him something to do and then who knows uh where it ultimately goes from there but so larry is also uh not happy with the thank you from valentina and ernst and thinks that maybe the miranda family could have a bad thank you gene yeah it's genetic it's genetic possibly uh do we know what the relation is between lynn manuel miranda and valentina and ernst did he say cousins i want to say that he said cousins okay. but he might have just said family members okay um so we have our rehearsal and the signer is here to uh practice signing the rehearsal and that she is showing a lot of cleavage and everybody is distracted by this. Yeah, very distracted. Nobody's paying attention. Even the actors on set are focusing on her. Why can't they just like say uh, you need to like make up an excuse like, all right, the 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 sort of set of the what's it called? It, you know, the sort of the theme of the set is black. So you have to wear like a, you know, like a this specific black outfit or. Or maybe like the, you know, the, the thought was going to be back on if you're not dressed appropriately. Like right. They could come up with something. Yeah, and you like would think that they could costume her of like, oh, OK, yeah. you have to wear a, a, a burqa because uh, it's Fatwa the musical, you know, and then done something creative with her. I mean, this is another area here that we're going to get into with the signer. OK, hilarious idea. There is a signer. Everybody is, you know, uh, staring at her and but then nothing. She comes to the Nothing. wedding and then Susie says you have to leave. Yeah. And by the way, let's let, how'd she get to the wedding? Uh, I don't know that. I mean, I have a, I have a sort of like a theory. Yes. Which what is, is it? When when the um, father of of the of the Marine, uh, you know, uh, Susie's soon to be son in law. When so when the deaf that, you know, his father, the, the deaf man hears uh, them talking about, uh, you know, like how. Uh, sure. Uh, you know. Um, curvy she is and like and he walks over right mm-hmm. so now he's like oh let's lie and say we need to sign her for this wedding so he like hears that and that's how she gets hired to be part of the wedding yeah kiva i think that that was exactly the plot of the show i don't think that that was uh oh, you okay. covered anything there i think that- oh, oh th- thanks i thought i did i mean i, <laughs> I think that, that was think that was kind of what happened okay fair enough <laughs> um but this I get this like I was like, okay, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Uh, but I, I yeah, I was disappointed with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's funny, but again, like if you're only gonna hit like a B minus with it, if you're not gonna go like the full third like bit with it, then just cut it out. Yeah. Like again, this is a fifty minute episode that we're oh, we've already cut down to forty five or forty and made better. What was Larry concerned about in the rehearsal? Like, who was distracted? Was he saying the actors were distracted, and that's yeah, why I the number just thinks work? like during the show nobody would pay attention if if she was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Larry is uh, very upset, and uh, he's trying to say that we need to get rid of the signer in the you know that's showing a lot of cleavage because men will uh, look at uh, boobs over anything. Yeah, even Game Seven of the World Series is that true, Keeve? Not I mean, for you. are the Mets in it? Yeah. Are the Mets in it? Yeah. Well, if the Mets are in Game 7 World Series, there's no... 
What if what is not your team? If it's not my team, I, like whose boobs are they? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's right. Well, you got to stay and right, stick around and figure I'm it saying, out. Is yeah. it on TV or in yeah, real it's life? On, it's, on, it's on TV. That was the scenario. No, the no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, so I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game. <laughs> All right. Um, so Larry and Leon talk about the situation with Nick Offerman. And uh, is it Leon that introduces the idea that they were going to deduct taxes from that twelve hundred dollars? Yeah. You FICA them. Yes. Yes. Uh, he says that uh, Larry uh, really uh, fiked up. <laughs> You're FICA. Yeah. You got to fike them up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, it's a good point, but a little. You know, it's too late, Leon. Why are you, why are you getting this in Larry's head? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the idea of uh, Larry fiked up. That was a good uh, wordplay from Leon. Uh, Ernst and Valentina show up. Uh, they seem to hate Larry, uh, but they're uh, interested in Leon. They're like no-note characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're things that they don't have a thing. Yeah. Um, Larry tries to show them the blinds remote. Uh, they could not be less interested. I mean, they're the rudest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, yes, Leon is very rough with them coming. All right. Is that a man's bag? Like, have you ever been on top of her? I think that's maybe too aggressive of a question mm-hmm. when you first meet someone and you're questioning, you know, questioning like they're really married. Mm-hmm. But like they also come in and they're like doing it's as if they're doing Larry a huge favor. Uh, the blinds thing is cool. I would. And also, like, by the way, they had this insane party. Uh, you know, they probably should have, like, put up the blinds. You don't want the neighbors seeing whatever was going on in that 15-person swingers party, right? Yeah. And you know what? I would love a blinds remote because that uh, my office up here is, you know, that uh, the sun, I'm on the second floor, and the sun moves where it is throughout the day. And I'm like on like some sort of like sailboat of like I'm pulling pulleys, I'm opening blinds, I'm closing blinds throughout the day based on like where the sun is pouring in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be nice. Yeah. Anything is good. The only problem is your kids will break or lose. Oh, remote, sure. Almost sure. That I have like, you know, like actual blinds that are like missing you know the teeth from uh, my kids pulling on them and stuff like that no question so maybe one day anyway um so uh larry asks if they're gonna stay in the same bedroom yes right same bedroom or separate bedrooms uh they're deeply offended by this yeah why would you ask that and and seriously why would he ask that i mean if they want separate bedrooms uh they'll tell you or and knowing them, they were just taking the separate bedroom without asking who it was. But yeah, yeah, whatever the situation um, is, either they are lovers or in there's some plutonic relationship, they're fine either way. I, I I like that he you know because this guy's German, both in real life I think and and on the show, like that he thinks he's going to get away with naming like who who are your friends who you know who stay in uh, separate bedrooms, and he literally just starts naming everyone from the Big Red Machine mm-hmm. of the 1970s Cincinnati Reds and the. And Ernst immediately picks up. It's like, even the hit king? Yeah. All right. So uh, at Susie's house, we get to see Jeff and Susie moved into uh, the new house. Uh, Doesn't look very cozy. Too big, right? Too big. I mean, even Larry's saying, how many millions of dollars? I wonder how much this house costs. It's got to be totally insane. Yeah. Are you disappointed that we didn't get to see Susie with the shucker again in the No shucker. We don't, the the real estate agent doesn't come back like they're the, you know the affairs are oh, sort of that gone, was wrapped up last week yeah i know she's long gone but like uh right there's no real like that was wrapped up last week like th- that's fine i think that's like a big sort of 
if they, especially if this is a continuing show that's sort of like a big revelation mm-hmm. that like susie's been getting on the side also like not just not just uh, Jack. yeah that's interesting there's a great moment in the episode where uh, and this was in the trailer where uh susie asks okay oh you have paintball on saturday that's uh sammy's wedding you're not gonna miss it and larry says you know i've uh, known uh, Sammy her entire life and you know watching her grow up has been one of the great joys of my life and Susie's like oh my god lad that's so sweet and he's like no I don't I don't mean it <laughs> yeah no it was really funny uh, we meet Victor's parents and uh, we find out that both of Victor's parents are deaf and you know, this feels like, okay, uh, here comes something and we already know about the interpreter. But again, other than, okay, that the dad, you know, is interested in the interpreter that has big boobs, uh, really nothing comes of this. Uh, no, nothing comes of it other right, other than the interpreter thing, which apparently is not a braid, uh, you know, a real uh, big find by me. I mean, no, but it's a funny scene like that. Larry's just like rewriting the, like the idea that Larry would be able to like, come oh, yeah, in that's funny. I mean, that old is, language that, and rewrite it. Hold I your mean, horses. And is there enough there to justify that plot development? Probably not. And, and I feel like then don't you need to have Larry make up some sort of a sign that ultimately either Larry does something that actually is an offensive sign in sign yeah. language or vice versa or Larry. Yeah, makes I think up that's almost like what we're expecting to happen. So they're sort of like zagging when we think they're going to zig. Well, they will. But, but the 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 zag that they did was nothing. All right. Well, if they didn't realize it was nothing, <laughs> we're coming in and letting them know right now. Yeah. Um, and then also that we brought back the, the boyfriend or uh, Sammy's fiance. I, I really thought that we would have somehow involved the uh, paintball game uh, with. Is it too similar, though? Like, is he is he playing paintball right before his wedding? It's just so similar to the, the you know, the fake Civil War thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But we the established, you know, this character trait of um, Sammy's uh, fiance already. Like, I feel like that, you know, if Larry ends up showing up at the wedding, like covered in like uh, paintball paint, does he, you know, uh, you know, or I, I definitely, you know, that you don't want to do the same exact thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it might just be too similar, even though I was also expecting it. Because Larry does not really ruin the wedding. Like, I, I really expected, you know, you have this big wedding. And other than the stand-in gave a speech. I mean, that's a big deal. Like, someone, you know, like a, a, someone from the other side comes home after the wedding and, and, their, and their friend says, hey, how was that wedding today? And they're like, you won't believe it. Mm-hmm. Their best friend didn't come and he paid someone to give a speech instead of him. And uh, the insane mother-in-law. Ooh, let me tell you about her. Uh, pulled her off the stage. She also kicked uh, the sign language person out of the wedding. Deeply offended the deeply offending the uh, hard of hearing family. Uh, but they the weren't offended. Well, no, he was. You know, no, of course not. But yeah. I'm so just you saying, feel like, like that there from, was enough there to ruin the wedding. He did kind of ruin the wedding to like a small degree, not not to like a you know cartoonish degree. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so they're talking about how the sign language person that Lynn Manuel Miranda ended up hiring. Uh, you know, she is, uh, you know, uh, they're sort of like signing, like how uh, endowed she is, uh, which really catches the attention of uh, the fiance. What, what is uh, Sammy's fiance's husband's name? Victor. Victor. 
and yeah, Tom Hanks son. Yeah. And so that he's, uh, you know, uh, very interested in all of this. Is it possible that Lin-Manuel Miranda is being uh, inappropriate here? And that's why this particular interpreter is being used? I don't think so. I just think he's he, like, it's too late to do anything about it. He's too woke to like tell her to cover up. Okay. All right. Um, so the, we see then, uh, Victor's dad, uh, tells, uh, Victor's mom, let's hire an interpreter for the wedding. She thinks that's a great idea. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I, oh, he does say it there. So I didn't even, so my, my theory, I forgot that he actually tells her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we don't see a fight between them. And again, maybe this is something to get cut, but uh, that you would think that she would be like, this is the interpreter you hire. I mean, if, right. But they're also minor characters. We can't spend too much time with them in the finale. Right. Right. And, but it doesn't say, oh, well, you know, Larry said to, you know, to hire her or something like that, right. where, you know, then it comes back to people being mad at Larry. Anyway, so we see Larry back at this play and then, in the action on stage uh, we see one of the reasons that Salman Rushdie is pissing people off is because uh, he's asking the hosts that he is staying with uh, did you wear those pants three days in a row and F. Murray Abraham is getting pissed he's getting subtweeted in the play yeah he is being sub subtweeted on Broadway but like come on you're you're professional the F the F you know does this F sound for you know fashion tracker? Does it sound for you know feelings always hurt? I don't know what the F stands for in F. Murray Abraham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's very upset about that. Uh, so Larry comes home and uh, the, he smells incense burning, which he thinks is a violation. But Ernst and Valentina are entertaining, and they have another couple that is coming to uh, stay with them in that bedroom. Yeah. Well, like at this point, you just think it's a regular party, but yeah. Okay. Keeve, uh, let me uh, get your expertise on this. So Ernst and Valentina, do they know this other couple or is there like some sort of an app or like Craigslist where they meet Ooh, other couples? Is there like Tinder for swingers, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't. they don't live locally, right? So I don't think they know them. I think they met them online. I don't think they've met them in person before. Is there some sort of like swinger message board where you meet other couples? So to like get a picture beforehand? I mean, I, I, I certainly don't know. Hmm. Okay. So I feel like they're like they're usually not attractive. Also, I feel like these are like the couple that comes in is like way more attractive than what would normally be going on there. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, like we'd have to do we have a swinger correspondent from all I mean, if of, we do like I think we looked <laughs> for an orgy correspondent on yeah. the Survivor podcast. And believe it or not, I don't think we ever got a response for that. Crazy. Yeah. Never got one. Yes. Um, could that be the return of us podcasting together? Uh, the, you know, uh, I went to an orgy AMA and we just interview people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's like what people are waiting. That's for. not what people want. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're the people that need to like deliver that. that Why? Podcast. You don't think we would have so, good questions? We would have good. Well, we would have good questions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people would want to hear us talking about it. They wouldn't want to know the answer to that. People don't have orgy questions. Well, aren't you starting a relationship podcast? Shouldn't yeah, well, that go? Shouldn't it, well, that be part of it? I, I guess so. But I don't know if we're going to like get swingers like, corner. Yeah. That I mean, what, like a whole what do people that are going to orgies need advice from from uh, from me or or anybody I know? Right. But they, that person could come on as like a guest correspondent, like the last guest 10 minutes. Correspondent. Of every OK. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, right. <laughs> so uh, Larry wakes up. House is very messy. House has been trashed. Yeah, trashed. Like, again, no payoff. We don't see them again. Leon's going to clean it up. How, like, how did Leon he, sleep he, through this? I, I, he, like, I think he sort of, like, heard it, but he just assumed Larry was involved, didn't want to get involved. 
he thought Larry was uh, sleep effing and I, I just, you know, like he, he, he didn't want to go over there. Mm-hmm. I think he's freaked out by Ernst. Yeah. And uh, that uh, he thought that Larry was sleep effing. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know, like I didn't know that was a thing, but Larry says he has a, a hard enough time awake. Effing, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so uh but the house is a disaster and the uh curtain b- remote is broken yeah like the, the remotes uh the remotes underwater the house is uh in need of a big uh you know, cleanup and um you know larry seems pretty calm honestly by all this mm-hmm. okay and so we then have larry uh Picking out his uh, clothes, he can't wear the pants that he normally wears. He has to wear different pants, and he forgets to wear a belt. Yeah, he's been he's been pants shamed too many times by F. Murray. It's crazy that like the talent is coming to this. Like I'm shocked, you know, like Lin Manuel, F. Murray, like they're all. Aren't, isn't it dangerous? Like couldn't they get like a welt on their eye and or you know like and 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 like uh, not be show ready for the the play about to start? Mm. Look, like wasn't this foreseeable? I mean, not the duel, but just the whole idea. Yeah, uh, look, people are gonna love their paintball. The crew is very excited. I think, like, I think, sport, I think athletes might have a no paintball clause in their contract. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, these contracts are, you know, uh, that's how uh, Aaron Boone got in trouble with the Yankees the first time around, right? Did it was uh, was he allowed to play paintball as manager of Yankees? I don't know. I don't, Could they void question, his yeah, contract no, paint- if he plays paintball out of school? What if what if on the first day of spring training, Aaron Boone says, hey, Yankees, guess what? We're going uh, paintballing to build morale. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's literally in the union contract that they can't do it. No, he doesn't care about that. Aaron Boone. Well, I think he doesn't care about the like I think like I'm looking like hoverboards, jet skis, fireworks. Aaron Boone will do what he wants. Yeah. Pick up basketball, paintball, whatever. No fun. No fun. Motorcycle racing. (laughs) Come on, Aaron Judge. Get on, that. Get on that motorcycle. We're going out. ATV. Should we do that? Should we invite the entire Yankees paintballing? Yeah, let's let. Is Aaron Boone on Twitter? Let's give him this idea. Supposedly, Tim Duncan um, is. Uh, it was like a huge paintball guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone here is saying that he retired when the NBA paintballing. Okay. All right. So uh, we see uh, Larry going to go and talk to uh, Nick Offerman about the issue. And he says, look, you, I, I was going to pay you 1200 You probably would only got 750 You should pay me the money back. I'm losing money. And uh, Nick Offerman is horrified. I mean, if he didn't give him the money already, he could say like, well, is it okay if I just give you 750 because that's all you would have gotten anyway? But once he's already given him the money it's insane to ask for the money back yeah well then i think then the move from larry is that i think larry says okay well what i'm gonna have to ask you is for you to fill out a w-9 form because that is over the amount of money if i'm paying you then you know then i can deduct that twelve hundred dollars off my taxes right and at that point he's like all right let's let's split it i don't want to fill out a form Right, right, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he'll say, well, uh, well, you gave that me that money as a gift that wasn't under, you know, I can't, uh, like, I'm in the union, I can't take on this job now. I was like, well, I right. guess I guess we're at an impasse. Right, it's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so uh, he calls Larry a prick. Yes. What did he call him before? Uh, something else with a P. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> what did he call? I'm saying, what did he call him when he was happy? He uh, called him like a saint, or a, oh, I think not, it was with a P. I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, exactly what it was. Uh, so, uh, Larry and F. Murray Abraham get back into it. F. Murray Abraham is not happy about that scene that was written into the play, and he says, "Now I feel like I'm being watched all the time by Big Larry." Yeah, right. Big Larry is being watched. Big Murray doesn't like it. Uh, he's an outfit tracker, but he doesn't want to be known as an outfit tracker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we end up with, uh, you know, things escalating where uh, Cody is going to leave. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda gets involved and uh, Larry is upset with Lin-Manuel Miranda for foisting these swingers on him. Yeah, he foisted the swingers on him. He really did. And, uh, you know, they were just being good tenants. And Larry says it was like a Roman orgy like Caligula. Uh, yeah, no, he he was like he thought they should be happy that they got refrigerator privileges. Mm-hmm. And Larry is saying that, you know, they were very disrespectful. Lin-Manuel Miranda said, make yourself at home uh, or that's what Larry told them. And that's what they were doing. This made me think what I was once I once went to my uh, friend for like a the religious version of like a wedding rehearsal dinner, like a day or two before the wedding. So okay. we stayed at like the house next to his and they put up a sign that like, they, they like gave us all these instructions. The people weren't home. We stayed in like one bedroom. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you're not allowed to open the fridge. Not only did we not have refrigerator privileges, we were banned from opening the fridge. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was just, we didn't like, uh, Larry is, uh, you were banned, I, I take, talk me through this. You were banned from opening the fridge. Why? Because they know you're going to eat everything if you open the fridge? No, I don't think I I, we weren't allowed to touch the lights because like there was a problem with the lights. There was just so many rules. And it was like, don't. Why do you let why do you agree to like help your neighbors out? Boy, this sounds like Like, a Joe Mayo party. Yeah, it was awful. And it it wasn't even a party. We were were, like just (laughs) sleeping there. But we were there for, I think, two nights. Like it it was. uh, Were you tiptoeing? Did you have to tiptoe? I mean, no one else was there. So we didn't have to like physically tiptoe. But we weren't allowed to open up the fridge. Like, I had no way to like, get water in the middle of the night. There wasn't, like, a Poland Spring. I'm like, you know, maybe there's a drink in the fridge, but we're not allowed to freaking open the fridge. But what, what was the reason you couldn't open the refrigerator? I don't understand. I don't know. I asked my friend to, like, find out. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe they were crazy people. And, we, like, my parents' neighbors, I shouldn't ask them. We maybe they had, like, else. a human head in there or something like that. You think like there was, like, a body movie. in there? No, because I think we did open the fridge once or twice. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was a body in there. It's like you're a baby of, like, uh, don't open the refrigerator. Yeah, no, it was, it was, and also just because I like getting thirsty in the middle of the night. And then you think about it, and like normally I wouldn't be thirsty. Because my no. kids are not allowed to open the refrigerator, but they do it anyway. Yeah, so, oh, same here. The problem <laughs> is like they don't close it afterwards, <laughs> and everything gets spoiled. Yeah. Um, so Larry ends up insulting Lin Manuel Miranda when he says that his cousins are sex degenerates. Now, is that fair for Larry? I mean, uh, Larry seems a little unwoke here to uh, call swingers sex degenerates. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to judge. I don't know anything about that world, but I mean, degenerate. It's like you know, if you gamble a lot, then you're like a degenerate right so if well, you, if you sex, have a gambling problem like uh, you know if they're trying to like uh, go into a burger king and well, let me say, uh, you know if you're going to other people's uh, cashier in a in uh, an orgy then i think they're right. sex degenerate no how about this consenting if adults going, if you're going to like a, a a celebrity's house and you're like living in their house for a few you know for a few nights right and you feel the need to like throw like a Roman orgy in their house. Well, technically when, they are European, Keeve. 
Right. I mean, right. So a, a Frankfurt orgy. Mm-hmm. And I, like, to me, that's a degenerate. They, yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> they, 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 uh, like, they're degenerates. Like, they couldn't hold it in for three days. Like, mm-hmm. they needed to have an orgy at this, like, uh, you know, VIP. They might have an orgy every day at. at home. Well, then they're degenerates. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> if and my point is that no, if they do it every day at home, fine. If you're going out for one day and you feel the need to like in another person's house to throw this party and then trash their house, then you're a degenerate. Then you couldn't you like. Well, you maybe can't Larry woke up first. Maybe they were going to clean the house. I no, they were already they had already left the house they? when they when he woke up. Yeah. No, they're degenerates. I okay. think it's fair. Larry's not. Okay, well, I don't want to get angry emails from all of the. No, but if we get an angry email, then we found our orgy correspondent. We could be like, oh, I'm so, so sorry to offend you. By the way, we got some questions for you. Come on the podcast next week. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Keith, this is going to turn into a duel. OK. OK. Now, can I tell you something? Uh, com- you know, full disclosure here. Oh, boy. OK. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen Hamilton. Yeah, no, I haven't seen Hamilton either. Okay, so is all of this dueling working for you? Do I need if I if I had seen Hamilton, am I like or read a history book? Yeah, uh, am I falling out of my chair? Like, uh, is this side splitting? No, if I've I seen mean, you Hamilton, just need to know that it's a duel. Well, you probably remember the. Do you remember the commercial where the guy's trying to say Aaron Burr? Mm-hmm. And he's got the milk in his mouth. He's got milk commercial that was on constantly in like the mid 90s. Right. So then ex- explain to me the historical significance of Larry, uh, you know, falling down. And then they call him Aaron, is it Aaron Burr shoot early. Is that what he did? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it was alleged that Aaron Burr shot like a tiny bit early. And he so he kills Hamilton. Is that a big plot point in Hamilton, the musical? Well, it's Spoiler a big alert. plot point in Hamilton's life. He literally <laughs> dies. Yeah. Yes. OK. All right. So and right, I think I believe, and I'm not an expert, but I believe, and I've never seen the 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 show either. But but uh, I believe Burr is alleged to have maybe shot early, which I'm sure is alleged in many duels back in the day, right? Yeah. Um. But right, and and I thought the mouth thing was funny because he calls him Aaron Burr. I wonder if that was a throwback to the milk thing, also. I don't know because the guy has so much milk in his mouth. He's trying to say Aaron Burr. It's like a radio contest. He, if he gets one more question right, he wins. But his mouth is like full of milk so he's yeah. trying to say earn ball but you don't remember this commercial i remember it was it a radio commercial okay. or is it a um, no it was a tv commercial, TV commercial. TV, i think it was a tv mm-hmm. yeah oh it was like yeah. a got milk commercial, or i feel like that he didn't have milk like i feel like he was like oh ate, his like, mouth was peanut, dry you're yeah, right he was eating was like it a, a peanut butter commercial? sandwich or something like that oh okay yeah you're right you're right his mouth was dry yeah so we combined for that uh but yeah. that being said we're gonna get so much email about this well, who cares? Our show's over. Yeah, <laughs> that's We're it. Tired. So, so we were going to keep going, but then uh, because of the litany of complaints. Oh, we've made so many errors about this stuff and people get mad. You know what it is? This is I, I do this, too. Someone tweets something. I saw a really dumb tweet before Buster only this morning tweeted like the Giants messed up with Eli Manning. They should have started Eli and then slowly brought in the backups like during the game. Right. Which is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. Like, mm-hmm. that's even dumber than what they, they did. Sorry for the non-sports people. Fast forward 30 seconds. But, the, like, it just that's what the Jets used to do with Sanchez and Tebow, right? Like, that's even worse. Like, just pick a starter, even if it's not the one you want. Don't, like, start, because what if Manning has a great first half? Don't start bringing the backup in the middle of the game. Anyway, so I'm, like, sitting there, and, like, I'm writing out a mean response. I'm like, why am I responding to freaking Buster Only, who has, like, 8 million followers on Twitter? Yeah, save that but for I think, Manish like, the, Mehta. Yeah, the same thing with 
the same thing with like this, this sort of thing where we're going to get angry emails. It's like, if you know a thing, then you're like very happy to like lord your knowledge over the other people, which is why when you get when you do a podcast and you get angry emails, it's like people are just so excited to know something that they want to correct you. you oh, so it's like watching Jeopardy at home. A hundred percent. It's. It's oh you're a do- like I can't oh, believe so you they got should that one put wrong. the Twitter handles of the contestants up on the screen for Jeopardy That's and then a people could really be way. like oh I can't believe you didn't know back for potent potables for eight hundred yeah. uh, yes uh, rye is a form of whiskey not gin oh that would for, that would be the best day of like Alex Jacobs life first of all <laughs> but yeah no that would be like the that problem would be what, is what the problem is the person who's writing the emails to us does a, a co-host another podcast with you well he's just one of them I just mean the the the, the, the in general because I don't even listen when he corrects us I assume he's wrong mm-hmm. but in I think in general like the I the reason why people in comment sections and on Twitter and and they email you for all your shows and like hey you know this was wrong it's because they're so proud that they know this one dumb fact that they get to lord it over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of the feedback we get is positive, but it's the... No, I'm not even talking about our show. I yeah. just mean in general, like, when you say... I'm, I'm sure it's much more with Survivor because people, everyone feels like, you know, well, we know it better than you. And then they're writing in and, you know, like, oh, you've forgotten, you know, 18 years ago this happened. Um, anyway, stop, uh, stop correcting people. That's my point. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the comments from last week's podcast uh, that uh, Patty wants to know if the oysters are a aphrodisiac. Is that how the shucker got uh, Susie into bed? I, that sounds familiar, right? I don't know anything or about oysters. Cowboy but... hat trumping oysters as an aphrodisiac. I think it's like a tag team. <laughs> the cowboy hat plus oysters. Yeah, equals... it's irresistible, right? <laughs> uh, so with the so with the duel, La- Larry's pants are falling down. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a really good question, actually, from Shimmy. Were those the pants Larry didn't actually try on because he got aroused from the video he was watching on the phone in the dressing room? Oh, that's a great point. Uh, We need to go back and watch. But also he does have the um, he has the business card in his pants, right? Because we see that in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. So how could he have the business card in in his wallet? No. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was in his. No, he said I'm putting in my pants. But you're right. Maybe it was in his wallet in the ambulance. I didn't check. You know what I thought? Really good. I thought that the pants he was going to put on, like the pants that were hanging up in his closet, I thought that we were going to go back to season one, episode one, and we were going to have, those were the pants tent pants. Oh, the pants tent. Okay. Because I thought that that, uh, if this is going to be the last episode of the show, I thought maybe, well, let's go back to the plot device from the first episode of the show. Yeah, that's actually a good call. But yeah, no, I, I, but even Shimmy's theory might be over the heads of the writers here because I'm not sure those. The I same don't think cast, it was supposed to be. I don't think so. It's a great. It's a great idea. You could even like retcon it into being so. Basically, other than the fact that the pants might look different, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's a great question. Yeah. Okay. So Lin Manuel Miranda has gotten a paintball in the throat. Yeah. Yeah. He's got blue goo coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. It's gross. And Larry is uh, giving a pretty good apology. Larry seems very sorry. Yeah, no, Larry says he did not intend to hit him. And plus, it's not like Larry's a great shot. He, he, if he tried to hit him, he wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda doesn't seem that angry. No, he should be much angrier or more hurt. He's sort of like needs to go to the hospital, but isn't dying. And is like, why is Larry in the ho- in the ambulance with him? Larry's the last person to go. It should be F. Murray Abraham or like his assistant or something. Right. Like, 
Larry, like the guy who shot well, him, gets to go in the ambulance. He feels responsible. I know, but why is Lynn let him in the ambulance? That's crazy. I mean, yeah, Lynn Manuel Miranda's career could be over at this point uh, because of right. stupid Larry David, and uh, he doesn't. Seem he's that not a nice guy in in the show. So, like, why is he like letting Larry? Not you know, to mention, be with him? he should he want could to be murder. poisoned from the paintball. Who yeah, that's true. That? That's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Larry realizes that he is late for the wedding and he wants the ambulance driver to drop him off. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I thought he was going to jump out for a second. Yeah. Uh, we'd also we've seen right before that they'd flash to the, the wedding and uh, Larry's not there when the singer was distracting people. I mean, and should Larry have gotten out and tried to call an Uber and then uh, we could have brought that story back into it? Yeah, I think that would have been funny. Also, he calls an Uber. It's that guy. That guy doesn't take him. And then we, you know, we still get the payoff with right. the stand. Or that guy knows Valentina and Ernst from uh, that. He's some, somehow uh, involved in the uh, swinger thing. Look, uh, you, there, there's a possibility. But again, we probably don't need to add more stuff onto this. Uh, if anything, mm-hmm. we should be cutting and not. Adding. Yeah, no, we, we cut a lot of the episode, but I agree. Okay, uh, so Larry is late for the wedding. Uh, the signer is now beginning to sign, and Susie is uh, very offended about the signer being there. She kicked the signer out. Yeah, is this the only part? The only time we see Ted and, and Cheryl in this episode? Um, it is right. They are at the reception because uh, that Cheryl is like she knows what Larry is going to say in his speech. When- oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They're in that scene too. Yeah, I, I really think they just didn't have a lot of time with with Cheryl and, and to dance. You mean when you have a lot of time, you mean in terms of like the days that they were available? Yeah, I don't think their avail was enough to really do anything. With them. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. So we end up with um, Larry calling the stand in. I got a job for you. Uh, yeah. And she uh, must have been out because she does not get dressed and go. She comes in a totally like inappropriate wedding attire. Yeah. And so uh, Susie is all over the place looking for Larry because they're going to have him give a speech. Why on earth would they have Larry give a speech? At- I mean, listen, even at the, even at the wedding, there's three seats on their side. It's Susie. It's Jeff and it's Larry. All right. All right. Like he's in the family, right? That's insane. Let me ask you this question then. So mm-hmm. tell me what proportion of Jeff's income is directly tied to Larry David business in in the in the curb world where he doesn't really work. It's got to be very little, except there is certainly the possibility that Jeff was involved in the Seinfeld era. So his whole ult, like career, like while his annual income now is not tied to Larry. His entire life is owed to Larry. That's my mm, guess. Yeah. Does that make uh, sense? It, that, yeah. It, it has to be something where Jeff and Susie, uh, you know, have basically like their lives have been built on the back of Larry David. Yeah, I think I think they get the Seinfeld syndication, you know, money, a tiny percentage of it. OK. And was that I, I think we'd have to go back and ask Chester in terms of like the plot points of like, is the stuff from the pilot? Uh, how canon is that? Because I wonder, like, I feel like that the story in real life is that I feel like that Larry David and Jeff Garland like had sort of like shared office space and that's how they became friendly. Right. So I don't know necessarily if the show has ever given the backstory on these characters. Uh, fair. Right. And it's possible. Like, yeah, Jeff wasn't involved uh, in, in the Seinfeld era, but maybe he was. But that's we're going to lead to believe like he is literally their best friend. If he's sitting up next to them 
a three person row in the front right. row of the wedding and it's Larry, Jeff and Susie. Yet somehow uh, Jeff is an investor in Larry's play. Well, I think that's normal. I think it's viewed as like an opportunity. No, Larry David like can't fund his own it. play. Like how much he money? Can, but it's a weird thing to do. Like, of course you could, but you don't. That's not how Hollywood works. So somebody who has, you know, way less money has to Oh, I'm to sure Larry fund. put in money, but it's like, that's how Broadway shows work, right? This person puts in 50K, this person right, puts in 20. Right, but most Broadway person plays, the person who's coming up with the play doesn't have Seinfeld syndication money. True, but yeah, I think you want other people to be invested, too. I, I just, like, it's not, to me, this isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, we have uh, Casey Wilson shows up. She starts giving the speech. And uh, Susie has had it. She doesn't want to hear Larry. Sp- I, yeah. I, didn't I just understand. don't think it's funny enough here. Like this is a this is like a fun on paper. If they're discussing this, haha, like the, the standing comes and gives a speech. It's kind of funny, but like there's no real great moment in the speech at all. But it's like missing something where it's like, yes. oh, that she accidentally uh, like gets texted the script to Fatwa, the musical and not Larry's speech. And she's up there saying like, hey, did you wear those pants yesterday? What's with that? Uh, you know, where it, the, the, the speech was fine. There was nothing offensive about it was the just speech. too boring. Yeah, right. It didn't that, bring anything. You know, I, I don't know why they wouldn't have let her finish, you know. Uh, you know what she was saying and also why does Susie like even if she we establish she's super close with Larry like why does she want him like a known screw up to speak at his at at like the wedding of a girl he has nothing to do with right it's like traditionally the father of the bride uh, might it might say something at a wedding I mean again uh, I don't know why a random person is giving uh, like imagine if imagine if one of your parents good friends like gave a speech at your wedding or wanted to even they wouldn't let me give a speech at my wedding Right. So I like, right. Imagine. Right. I wanted I to. Can't. I said I would like to give a speech. They never they never did it. Did you have a best man speak? Yes. The best man did speak. Was that your brother? My brother. Right. OK. So that's normal. That's like a relative. You have a best man, you know, related or not related. But yeah, you're right. But you have to have a lot I of speeches to, to get speak. to Larry. They David. didn't let me. But is they your in-laws, your no, parents, or your wife? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Was the DJ in charge? I guess so. Okay. Well, then you couldn't speak. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he forgot or they, they were trying to keep me down. You know, I'm making a bat mitzvah in a few weeks and I was thinking like, let's do zero speeches. Zero speeches. The kids will love like, that. Maybe my daughter will speak and like thank people for coming. But one, we have like the language barrier where we have the kids speak one language and the grownups basically speak another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It, it, would, it would, you know, like the kids will be bo- if there's speech in English, the kids are going to be asleep. Mm-hmm. The kids are asleep in any bar or bat mitzvah during speech anyway. Right. But you'll really lose the whole crowd. You'll lose so I, th- I say do do no speeches. Yeah. Um, so we then go to after the, like we have some sort of like an epilogue here where um, we have uh, like a dinner going on and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's doctor say he'll be back in six months. Yeah, but he's out of fatwa. And by the way, Susie and Jeff, no problem eating lunch with Larry right after he ruined the wedding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no problem. No big deal, right? I mean, Susie should have murdered Larry. That's like he should have died from the fatwa by Susie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funkhauser is back in the mix. He wants to know if Larry wore that sweater uh, the day before. Uh, yeah. So Funkhauser, he's a bad mood. He's out of money. Richard Lewis also lost money, although 
We don't see Richard Lewis in this episode, yeah, right? Very light Richard Lewis. Uh, Richard Lewis uh, really didn't show up much on the back half of the season. No, the back half, we didn't see much of him. He's not, he's not even at the wedding, right? We don't, see him at, we don't see him at all at the wedding, do we? I don't remember. I, I want to say we did. I don't think so. Oh, did he? Was he very distracted by the cleavage, maybe? It's I, th- possible. I think so. I think, I think okay. he, he had a reaction to that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the credits. Um, yeah. So, uh, right. He's, he's uh, outfit shaming him. He apologizes. Uh, and then it sort of ends, like, at least this part of the scene on, like, a very sort of, like, you know, 1.2 out of 10. <laughs> no. Just like, uh, Susie doesn't get served our meal, which is not, like, a great callback to the whole season. It's just, like, a very minor callback to the beginning of this episode. Yeah. And so Larry is out on the street singing a spoonful of sugar. We've seen him sing this song before, right? Yeah, he's always got this little Broadway show song stuck in his head. And so uh, for Mary Poppins. And then uh, we heard this earlier in the episode. What if there's one guy who didn't get the news about the fatwa being over? Uh, Alan Seppenwall wrote up a blog piece about this. He felt like that this was very telegraphed. Did you see this coming, that there would be one guy who did not know about the end of the fatwa? Uh, yeah, I did. I did know. Well, first of all, they mention it in the beginning of the episode, right? Yes. What if what if someone doesn't know about it? Yeah. But we, we mentioned this eight episodes ago. That this is how it was going to end, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, there's a guy who yells Larry David and he comes uh, running after him. And that's basically the end. Uh, does Larry David die? I don't think so. If there's never uh, another like Curb Enthusiasm ending. episode, do we presume that Larry got killed? No, I don't think so. I think but how does he uh, get away from the, uh, you know, I don't know. A cop sees them or, or a good Samaritan. But you know what they should have done? They should have gone for the Sopranos ending where like someone comes over to him like in the scene before this and like, I'm going to get you. Mm -hmm. And then he's like looking around while they're ordering and Susie doesn't have his food or he doesn't get his food. Maybe instead of Susie, he's looking around. He gets onion rings. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and then like it just goes the it goes the black Uh, and like you like the HBO logo and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like a shot for shot remake of the of the last scene of the Sopranos. Okay. That's better than what we got, no? Um, what we got in the episode. Yeah, I'm saying it's better than the episode, right? Like him, him, like, we, you know, it's unclear if he lives or dies. Yeah. Like uh, is that too inside baseball? Is the Sopranos ending, uh, you know, still relevant? I mean, it's been, what, 10 years since then? I mean, is a fatwa still relevant? Uh, are they still fatwaing people? Um, I mean, I guess you could do something bad enough to get fatwa, but I don't think, they, I don't think, no, I don't think yeah, uh, sort of, uh, you know, in keeping with the season, uh, soft ending on the end of this. Yeah, one. soft ending. I really didn't get why, like, they went for the big Susie thing. Uh, you know, as as far as the episode, you want to rate the episode? Yeah. Uh, I'll say this, you know, uh, out of 10, I'll say it was a six. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half because I always say 65 is passing. I'm not going to do any decimals. I mean, I guess I could do 6.50000. But like, it, you know, but to me... I just expected more, although I, I don't know. I expected, I didn't expect much after the season, but I wished, like, we were trying to will this season to be good. No? Um, and it's not like it was awful, but we were, we were, like, really hoping every week, like, oh, hopefully next week will be the week that, like, they, you know, really put it together. Uh, I just, I, I like, I listen, I liked it. There wasn't any, there was no terrible episode. Every episode, every episode had laughs. I don't want to kill it too much, but, like, I just think, they, they had, certainly had no classic episode this season at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely had like super high highs and then I wouldn't say low lows, but it was just, too fat. You know, Jerry Seinfeld has said a bunch of times like he never wanted to make comedy movies. And like the reason why there aren't a lot of funny comedy movies, because like once you get into the 85, 90 minute range, mm-hmm. it is too big. He says the smaller comedy is the better. 
And I, I think it's like the same thing with Curb. These episodes are too fat. I think like, you know, these like it's fine if you get occasionally have 31 minutes, but like 43 last week and 50 this week. It's too much. Well, did you, you watch that you movie know, Clear History? The the um, the Larry David HBO movie. Yeah. Yeah. We've discussed that before. Yeah, same same thing. Same thing. Right. You could. There was a half hour of good stuff in there. Yeah. But it was a two hour movie. And, you know, people complain about the, you know, sitcom format, but, you know, the 22 minutes, I think, does force you to, you know, get it down to, okay, let's just like, uh, you know, take out whatever's not the best stuff. And, you know, when we used to go through the Seinfeld stuff, we'd have the deleted scenes and we'd, you know, almost always say, and this was deleted for a reason where 100%, yeah. you know, the stuff that they ended up cutting, you know, uh, nine times out of 10 tended to be the weakest stuff in the episode. Right. There was three scenes in 180 episodes that I was like, oh, that should have been in the episode. Maybe right. three. Right. So uh, I do think that not to say necessarily that uh, shows that are on, you know, you obviously have other problems with the network and stuff like that and censors and executives getting involved with things that I do feel like that the sort of having to get it down to. It's why they shouldn't have put more characters on Twitter, you know, uh, get it down to 140. I agree. Like I was annoyed when they went to 280, but now you almost like forget about it. You're like, oh, I forgot that like tweets used to be shorter. Yeah. I do. It is nice when you're writing a tweet. I don't have to like sit there and like try to really like well, the, uh, yeah, wordsmith it. The whole point it. of Twitter used to be like I gotta I gotta switch you to you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's now you never think about it. Like if now if you're going too long, it's like oh this tweet is trash. If yeah. I can hit in the two eighty, like time to hit the hay. Like I'm I'm done. <laughs> hit the hay. Like go to bed. Like no, retire from Twitter. <laughs> Delete your account. I think that's hit the road. Oh, I I guess like. uh yeah, so um, like we're like doing like new sign language words. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, ready for the mailbag for the final yeah, time? I know, just season ranking. I'm going to say that this season is not the worst season. I'm going to say season one, which other than Beloved Ant, doesn't really have a lot of classic. Takes a while to get going. I'll say this is the eighth of this nine Seinfeld season. Yeah. I'd like I, to go back her, and watch sorry. the uh, first episode again. The the pilot. Well, I, I mean, I, the the show, pilot, like, uh, season one of the pants tent. The, like the whole show. The whole show is so good. Yeah. Uh, and like it, it would be reward, you know, it would be worth if you had like free time, like for you to rewatch all the episodes. Like there are just so many classes. Yeah, I feel like that if I'm ever like uh, sort of bedridden, that'll be like the the fantasy. Yeah, one one could only hope. Okay, Craig from Vancouver writes as a should Fatwa be adapted into a real musical after this episode? I would be interested in seeing it. Of course, Lin Manuel Miranda would have to be in it. I mean, that if you could get Lin Manuel Miranda attached to it i mean you could make phone book the musical of course it's like tom cruise in his heyday right like if he wants to do it the movie is made right like it's he could star in anything um it'd be like if you had any podcast with akiva winnaker in it any yeah immediate green light yes yes uh that there would be easily two dozen people that uh no matter what the topic i'm in yes the the two dozen stands that's it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right what about dominic uh dominic says if we don't get another season how do you think this episode worked as a series finale well ultimately uh, i mean based on how the last season ended i don't know if that was much of a series finale. i feel like that this worked better than last season's uh potential the series real series finale, finale uh, the last five or six seasons have been pseudo season finales the producers could have been a season fina- a series finale but the real series finale was the seinfeld episode yeah um right the, the ending with seinfeld like in hindsight, like that's a perfect series finale, right? Like there's 
you can't you can only go down from there it was yeah. closure you know him and him and cheryl are like together after you know there's been very little cheryl since then um yeah to me like uh th- this is this is like the third serious finaleist of the of the night it's not even the most and zach brooks says was the circular fade out there's probably a word for it i think somebody on twitter answered that it was like pugs bunny-ish uh at the right this isn't that what, what who owns Bugs Bunny Warner Brothers or whatever yeah that they always end right with like the the screen going in I think that that uh, was more of a allusion to the sort of like the cartoony chase scene of yes, it yeah. uh more so than there being any sort of significance right he wants to know if it signified the end of the series do I don't you think, think that so. this is going to be the end of the series do you think that there will be more it, okay. coverage it's a good question they I, gun to my head I would say there will be one more season I agree. I do not think that this is the end of Curb Enthusiasm, but I could see instead of maybe 10 more episodes, I wonder if they would do some sort of like three episodes or some sort of like very limited six episodes, a movie. I could see that. Uh, I feel like they should stay away from a movie, but I I, I feel like that or five episodes. Like I think that they will come back and do they'll say oh season 10 and do one like limited run uh you know sometime like in the next year i agree i think uh 18 months from now we'll get beginning of 2019 maybe we'll get one more season it just sounds like you know, jeff is jeff schaefer already sounds so confident that they're gonna do it it seems like yeah and he said if we are gonna do it we're not waiting five years again to me uh you know with especially with uh you know yeah, him getting being pushed maybe by Garland or by Leon. Like I, I, it, I think it's uh, for not a for not not a guarantee, but I think it's it's a real possibility. Based on what we know about the career of Larry David, where I don't know necessarily what the overall critical reception or what ultimately filters to Larry yeah, David. Yeah, that's my question. We- Does he know on Twitter this season? Even though some people really like it, uh, is is frequently considered at least a slight disappointment if not a major disappointment because as we've seen recently from larry david with like uh mean tweets and jimmy kimmel like he doesn't even know what goes on on social media yeah. so and also i think a lot of people who see you in real life are ass kissers right so like anyone who sees him on the street says ah oh, this is the best episode yet i was crying laughing it was amazing right but i he, feel like I the sep and wall type stuff like the stuff that's in that's that's written on like on websites and in print yeah. i feel like that that stuff has not been kind to curb enthusiasm season nine and i feel like that that stuff has to make its way to larry david i don't know if it does that's my point i, I think because they're already done making the show by the time it starts airing i don't think he's super concerned about the individual episode ratings or 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 you know reviews to me it's like he's just I, I just don't think he cares I like I don't think it would get to him I don't know if he like knows how to go what about on the ratings do you think he cares about what the ratings are I, I don't maybe just for the I would say like for the premiere I'm sure his agent or 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 someone close to him tells him but I don't think like you know if this especially I'm sure they're pretty similar from week to week I don't I don't think he's like uh losing sleep over him okay It'd be interesting. So, yeah, if he if he did get word that season nine was not well received, is Larry David, based on what we know about him, is he likely to say, you know what, uh, f these people? I what do I need this aggravation for? Yeah, or right, or is he like, well, we can't end on a bad note? It's, right. I, I, it's a question I thought about today, but. Any answer is just a guess. I don't know him well enough to but, really but know But based the on his career, based on what we, you know, yeah. in the 30 years of work that we've uh, had from him. I think he'd go do something else. He'd go do something else. I don't else. know if Curb would be done forever, but I think he'd do a play or a movie or something before this. Right. I mean, the play that he did was well-received. 
And then mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that then then for a long time, he didn't go back into Curb Your Enthusiasm. Seinfeld was well received, but he never went and did another sitcom. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, season. I don't know what the reviews were at the time. So it's hard to say if anybody, you know, uh, just, you know, we don't have a podcast coming up, but out of curiosity, uh, if anybody has a good guess on this, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I don't know. It's all in Larry's mind. It might just be, uh, might you know, this might be. Was season nine a dream, right Keeve? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it was a nightmare, but it wasn't a dream. All right. And then finally, for the last time, Chester writes in to say, Jeff and Susie are casually hanging out with LD and Funkman the week of Sammy's wedding. I feel like Susie would be going nuts with stress. Yeah, I had the same thought. I feel like the week of the wedding... She's not enjoying a meal out with uh, with Larry. That's that's insane. She's like a she's a like a, a mom of the bridezilla for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at this point, we never got anything else with uh, soaps on. No, nothing with soaps on. Nothing with the incompetent assistant. Nothing with the lesbian couple from the first episode. Uh, a lot of people, you know, nothing with the Larry David lookalike. A lot of things never really came back that we thought might. OK, uh, then Chester wants to know, why is this underemployed actor? No, I am angry, Chester. Why is this underemployed actress hanging out at a fancy restaurant anyway? Yeah, shouldn't she yeah, be slumming it with the with the working class actors? Oh my god, the most classist theme I've ever seen. I do think um, Chester did also write in. Uh, it's not in the mailbag here, but he wrote in with an idea that you should have to actually show your tax return before you get let into a nice restaurant. Yeah, well, that's not right. Like, prove, that's not right. Prove your net Chester. worth. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, but uh, listen, maybe that's how you get discovered. You know, sitting by the bar in a fancy restaurant. Maybe some showrunner or director, producer comes up to you and uh, casts you in his movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you have to be seen. You're not going to get seen at home eating ramen noodles. Right. Then Chester wants to know, why would Susie want Larry to make a speech at Sammy's wedding? We covered that. Uh, and how did Mary get a copy of Larry's speech? Yeah, I did think it was interesting. It didn't look like it was something that was emailed that was printed out. It looked like it was like Larry's actual speech. Like, yeah, uh, how did she get that? Did she go to the hospital first? I, I, I can't imagine she had time to. That's weird, right? Mm-hmm. He also says that Larry writes in longhand, so he couldn't have emailed it to her. Now, again, maybe that what just to give the explanation maybe larry told her stop by my house leon is there right leon uh, wasn't possible. at the wedding right yeah that's possible i mean this whole idea of paintballing before the wedding is insane like you don't have you didn't have time for both i don't know why he why he thought there, that was even possible right and then finally just was why would Susie be happily having lunch with larry after he ruined her daughter's wedding yeah i mean we've asked that but uh it, it seems out of character for Susie. Yeah, I personally, I know you feel like that the wedding was totally ruined uh, by this, but I feel like that this was the start of the reception. I feel like by the end of the night, everybody's forgotten this. I I don't think that this like cast a shadow over the whole event that uh, Susie, anybody who knows Susie knows that this is what she's like. I feel like by the end of the night, people had drinks, they danced, they had cake. Uh, It was a funny story by the end of the night. Yeah, I don't feel like that this was, oh, my God, nobody could enjoy themselves after that girl giving the speech got kicked out. No, I don't think it ruined the night, but I don't think it uh, helped. It might have ruined Susie's night. I don't think that it ruined the wedding. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, hopefully Susie got to enjoy the uh, the great, uh, amazing day for Sammy. Yeah. Poor Sammy gets no screen time 17 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well uh keeve where do we go from here we covered it all uh, we co- i mean listen we, we 100 did 
79 Seinfeld episode. Do you know how many podcasts we've done? I, sh- I should have started with this. Do you know how many podcasts the two of us have done together? Are we the- counting the RHAP oh. stuff or just post show recaps? No, on the RHAP's family of networks. Uh, is this number 200? It's 199 episodes. Wow. Okay. So the next one will it's be, be special. The next one. 200. Sort of, yeah. Because yeah, we did. That we, I think we only did 174 actual Seinfeld episodes because you take out some of the doubles. Yeah. Uh, and then we did 11 of these because we did a preview. That's 185. And I, I, I figured it out uh, earlier today. Okay. It was 199. 199. Boy, what will be number 200? Will that be our Suddenly Susan series retrospective? Uh, no, I think we got to save that for 1,000. <laughs> you can't waste. 200 is not a big anniversary. Okay. Actually, I did have this week. Uh, I called up my mom. Uh, my mom has like a birthday and an anniversary two days apart, which is annoying. A lot of calls to say like, uh, happy birthday, happy anniversary. So I called her for her anniversary. And I realized afterwards, I, we only called. I had my kids like you have to have the kids call now when they're older. I don't know if you have to do this too. Mm-hmm. call their grandparents and say happy birthday or whatever. But we never called my dad. We only said happy anniversary to, to one of the parties involved. So hopefully my dad's not mad. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, 36. That's a lot. And she's like, no, no, no it's only 35. Mm-hmm. so then i realized like oh like i don't get my parents something for the anniversary i don't i don't know like what most people do but uh 35 is that like a round enough number that i should have got that like 30 we did something 25 we certainly did something like should i have gotten them something for 35 i didn't even realize it was 35 i thought it was 36 <sighs> yeah it's not a great round number right 35. I don't know. I think that's like a you know um, a joint gift. Like I think you got to talk to your siblings about that. I, I, like yeah, that's not all. I didn't. You, you share the responsibility with them. I know, but I, I, someone should have like let me know that. Uh, yeah, you need to elect the leader of the siblings because forty is like the biggest anniversary, right? 40, 40th wedding like is way bigger. You than don't 30 know if fifty or is going to happen, right? That's you really... never fifty is like if it's fifty comes around, it's like great, we're alive. That's like the exciting yeah. part, you know. Yeah. And like you probably hate each other. Can yeah. You imagine. Sure. I've got 30, 36 year more years with my wife. I don't think that's going to go. So mm-hmm. um, but right. uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, 200. All that's right. a, that's a, so people a should write number, to us. What should our 200th podcast be? That's right. And it could be on any network. And we'll any. recharge the battery. We'll go. We'll, we'll have a break before we do. Yeah, no, the rest. I, this is, it will not be in 2017. I would, now, are I would you counting times that I made an appearance on the 32 fans podcast? No, so that's the separate. That's a separate pod universe. Okay. We'll have to when we get up to 200 there, then, you know. Yes. But uh, are you interested in a survivor cold takeoff? You know, someone suggested that. I just think I think we have to let the take sit for a few months, you know. What? How does I, that work? I think I am. No, I'm saying like the, with the hot takes. I think like we've, cold we've done two cold takes. I know, I but I think it's the same family. I think we need to like give the hot take off a rest for a little while. Okay, but that's I don't our, think like the demand has built up yet. I think the longer you wait, then people get excited. You don't about, like right? the idea of cold people sending their worst takes? No, no, no. Trust me, people have suggested. I think it's a great idea. I just don't know if that if we're if that's like something we should do now. Because the hot takeoff that you invented has really, uh, you know, uh, you know, spawned off so many other uh, podcasts, but nobody's ever done the cold takeoff. Yes. No, we are. We are it's trademarking winter, that. Right. Someone well, a hockey podcast. Speaking of cold uh, tweeted us this week yeah. and they uh, they have a I think it's a popular podcast. They had a lot of followers on Twitter. Or something. Mm-hmm. They 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 did a hot takeoff with uh, the NHL and. Uh, so, you know, and an NBA show did it, too. So we're really uh, spawning a lot of a lot of take shows. I think the cold takeoff is something to put on. I don't want to say the back burner, but like the middle burner. OK, but I, I don't want to do a cold takeoff in the summer. I don't want to do cold takeoff in the summer. 
Oh, has, I hear you. I hear you. It's so like, maybe it's not a bad the idea. Dead the dead of winter. Takeoff. It's time for the cold takeoff. But is it a survivor cold takeover? Is it or or is this something we should do on Thirty Two Fans? And it's like a sports cold takeoff because sports cold takes could be good too. I don't know. Yeah, but you have NFL playoffs in January. I, I have nothing. That's true. We don't have a lot of free time in January. It's not my. I have the amazing race season. thirty. Oh boy! Yeah, I need a cold takeoff more than you do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely an idea. But we can open it up to anything. We can open yeah, it up anyway, to writing ideas. Yeah. But I like that someone literally just emailed me the cold takeoff idea. I forget who, but this week. So mm-hmm. it's, it's on the table. Okay. All right. Anyway, so I'm sure a lot of you guys are sad right now, but uh, Keeve and I will certainly uh, do more stuff. And who knows what the future holds for uh, Curb. We talked about also covering the Seinfeld episodes of Curb Enthusiasm at some point in the future. So be on the lookout for that. I'm sure that uh, you guys will be the first to know, uh, you know, when that that is going to take place. And while most of you are sad, nobody is more ecstatic right now than Scott St. Pierre, the great editor of the Seinfeld and Curb Enthusiasm podcast who's put this all together made all these posts is so happy to have a uh, a long respite from listening to us talk uh yeah no this is our christmas present to him stopping podcasting at least for now yes all right so keeve uh it's been a uh, great let me give you An a, honor uh, and a privilege yeah, a uh, thank you uh commensurate with the uh act uh thank you so much for uh all of your hours and hours of contributions to these podcasts yeah no the, and listen i still have a podcast and you still have 40 so the like the weird part is because we really have spoken every single monday or wednesday or whatever it is for the last you know 200 weeks basically yes, no neither of us are, are stopping podcasting we're just uh stopping this particular podcast right we're stopping this podcast but also we spoke we we like we like uh you know we sit and gossip for like a half hour before we start always we're, we're complaining you know more importantly complain about the mets or the jets yeah and like we're not really gonna i'm not we're not just gonna call each other up now like no probably not yeah so like we're just not gonna have uh yeah. you know and it's not like I can email you because everyone on earth knows like that's not going to work. I'd have to email your wife and then and tell yeah. her to email. No, that email, would be great you know. if you could just send her an email and then she would tell me what you said. And then I would like uh, like tell her what to write back. Yeah, and just then, give like a bullet point. That's actually not a bad idea. Keep Maybe me I'll out of CC trouble Nicole. like and like say, like saying anything that's going to uh, make her mad. Yeah, like CC Nicole and, and then like when you don't respond. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, uh, you yeah, know, anybody like, hey, that's trying just, to get a hold of me should do that. That would be good. Yes. Like, let let Rob know, like, here's the bullet points of my email. It might have been too long. Just like ask him these two questions. Like, what do you think about the Mets latest signing? No, it's, and then it, could, like, it really is great. And then it's, it's a good and, idea. And, and it's like then there's like less uh, like, you know, awkward, uh, like, oh, I have nothing to say to my wife. Ta-da. Uh, but then she's like, like, oh, OK, I, this this. What do you want to say to this person? Like, oh, OK, let me tell you. So that's great. But you're literally like giving your sports takes or like all all sorts of nonsense. Because usually it's like clerical stuff. People are asking you like, hey, this person like mm-hmm. can't get into, you know, he needs the, the password for this yeah. show or something. Yeah. Tell um, Akiva what, <laughs> why did the Jets give Todd Balls a four-year extension? Right. Like, why I can't believe they, they named him general manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is great. I, I, again, I would love to, you know, uh, figure out some time to, you know, regularly uh, talk to you. But uh, again, uh, let's let's not waste any more of Scott St. Pierre's time on this. But um, all right. Thank you guys. Again, uh, to all the listeners, too. Uh, thank you guys for listening to all of this. Hope we weren't too hard on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Obviously, uh, you guys love it, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't have listened to this podcast. Uh, and uh, again, we uh, there were high highs. Yeah. No, listen, I'm, I'm not. I'm happy you came back. Uh, do I wish it had been like, you know, 10 epic episodes? Sure. But I'll take what we got for sure. 
Okay. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, we, we need a hashtag. We didn't have a last hashtag. Oh, I said something a few minutes ago. I'm like, oh, that could be a hashtag. But then I forgot it already. Oh, my God. 199 episodes. I'm still not writing down the hashtag. Hashtag <laughs> road to 199. All right. Road to 199. That's good. Okay. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.